Thanks for joining us on Walking by Faith today. We hope you're having a great week, but before we get started, I just want to remind you that if there is anything that you need prayer for in your life, don't hesitate to give us a call. You can send us an email or submit a request online. Either way, we would love to stand with you in prayer. Now today we're continuing in welcoming the Holy Spirit with the Counselor. The pastor illustrates how the Holy Spirit works through us and in us, leading us to be good workers and filling us with wisdom and helping us to change our ways when we repent. Now let's take a look. Jesus is about to go to the cross. And in Luke 16, he said to his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus said to the disciples, and they, he was with them 24-7. And he said, it's to your advantage that I leave, because if I leave, the helper is going to come. Now, notice that Jesus called the helper he. The, the, the helper is not the force. The, 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 the helper is the third person of the Trinity. He is an individual. He has a personality. Right? The Amplified said that he will come to represent me and act on my behalf. To represent me and act on my behalf. Now, the one thing we need to know about the Holy Spirit is he's just like Jesus. He is like Jesus. He is not weird. People are weird. People do weird things and blame the Holy Spirit. Right? But the Holy Spirit is not weird. So we were talking last week about not grieving the Holy Spirit because he has a will. He has a personality. And uh, when we do things that violate the Holy Spirit, when we disobey God, it grieves the Holy Spirit. We talked a little bit about being led by the Holy Spirit. In Philippians chapter 2, it says, For God himself is at work in you, inspiring you to want what pleases him. God literally puts desires inside of our heart, which is one of the ways that he leads us by his Spirit. And then we talked about honoring the Word, because the author of the Word of God is the Spirit of God. It says, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So today we want to continue, and I want to start by talking about honoring the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself to God without spot, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now, he's talking about the blood that was offered through the eternal spirit. In other words, it was the spirit of God that took that blood and, and is there in heaven where the blood is, being, being, is speaking right now in God's presence. And it's the spirit of God himself that led Jesus, that enabled Jesus through the entire process of redemption. Now, it says what the blood is going to do it's going to cleanse your conscience from dead works, number one. Now, what that means is this, that you will no longer identify yourself based on your sin, but on what Jesus has done for you. And all of us have had people come up to us and say something like this, well, you know, my name's Mary and I'm divorced and I'm Bob and I'm an alcoholic and I'm Tom and I've been depressed for 14 years. And what people do is they look 
at the things that have happened in their life and they tend to get their identity from those things. The Bible calls those dead works. The Bible says that when, when we put faith in the blood of Jesus, that what happens is it cleanses our conscience. We no longer see ourselves based on our failures, based on our sins, based on our past, right? But we see ourselves based on what Jesus has done for us, that he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The truth is this, we will never have victory in our life if we keep looking at our past. You will never have victory if you keep looking at your past. We need to look at what Jesus did for us. And that's what the blood of Jesus does, what the Spirit of God brings us to the blood. Keeps emphasizing what the blood of Jesus has done for us. And then notice it says that we may serve the living God. You know, when your conscience is cleansed, it's so you can serve God. Jesus said about himself, he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And that is what you and I are supposed to do. We're supposed to serve. Jesus said that men should see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. God has called us to be servants, to serve each other, to serve him, to serve humanity. Now, talking, getting back specifically about the blood. Right? Now, in Leviticus 14, we find that a leper is cleansed, and it talks about what happens when the leper is cleansed. And he, he goes to the priest, and the priest takes the anointing oil, the special oil that's used in the temple, and he puts some of it on the lobe of his right ear, some of it on his right thumb, and some of it on his big toe. Right? So that's so that the Holy Spirit is with you in all that you hear, all that you do, everywhere that you go. But then he says that he takes blood and he puts the blood on the lobe of the right ear. He puts the blood on the right thumb and he puts the blood on the big toe of the right foot. Now, here's what that means to, to, to you and me very practically, right? That the Holy Spirit shows up when we put faith in the blood of Jesus, where the blood of Jesus is honored, the Holy Spirit shows up. In fact, in Romans 3, verse 25, it says, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation or sacrifice by his blood through faith. Other translations say through faith in his blood. Through faith in his blood. Jesus becomes our sacrifice. Everything that Jesus purchased for us, it becomes ours through faith faith in his blood you may not know this but when you get to heaven revelation chapter 5 tells us that you are going to sing a song about the blood of jesus so i think it's really appropriate we do it now all right we've been we sang one this morning i love that it says you're going to sing and you're going to say and you have redeemed us to god by your blood out of every nation out of every kindred out of every tongue we're going to sing about the blood of Jesus literally for all of eternity. Right? Now, it's in Philipp Philemon, excuse me, there's one chapter, the sixth verse, says that we are to acknowledge every good thing that we have in Christ Jesus. So I thought that this morning, 
As a congregation, we would acknowledge a couple of things about the blood of Jesus. So I want you to repeat this after me, all right? I'll, I'll give the sentence and then I want everybody to say it. Well, look, the blood of Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. The blood of Jesus frees me from depression and hopelessness. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and defilement of the flesh. The blood of Jesus purchased me and by his stripes healing was purchased for me. By the blood of Jesus, I'm accepted in the beloved. The blood of Jesus is on the mercy seat in heaven. And it's speaking right now. The blood says, accept me. The blood says, forgive me. The blood says, have mercy on me. The blood says, bless me. The blood says, deliver me. The blood says, peace to me. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, is on the mercy seat in heaven, speaking on your behalf right now. Host the Holy Ghost. In Exodus chapter 31, as they're building the temple, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have called Beziel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I've filled him with the spirit of God in all wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic work, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Now, this is the first time that anyone is ever filled with the Spirit, right? And he was filled with the Spirit to work. Is that interesting? To work. Somebody said, I thought work was a curse. No, it's not a curse. God gave Adam a job before sin ever came in the world, right? Work is not a curse. And God filled him with his Spirit enabling him to do all manner of workmanship. And then it mentions a number of different things. So often we tend to divide. We think that there's the secular and there's the holy. But the truth is there is no secular and holy. Everything that you do is holy. He was making things, material things, and God's spirit gave him literally supernatural knowledge and understanding and wisdom in how to do it. Now, here's what you and I should do. We should ask God to give us wisdom and understanding and knowledge to do whatever it is that we do. Because it's not what you do, it's your attitude, it's your heart, and it's whether we're serving God in what we're doing or whether we're just doing it for man. In Colossians 2, it says, bond servants, today we would say employees, obey in all things your bosses according to the flesh, 
not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity and heart, fearing God. For whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the, Lord's Christ, the Lord Christ. In other words, if you're working at Burger King flipping burgers, the Bible says you're flipping burgers for Jesus. Doesn't matter what you're doing. And we tend to think, well, you know, when I do something that, 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 that has to do with the Bible or with church, it's holy. But if I do something at General Motors or at Steelcase or wherever it is that you work at Burger King, it's not holy. But the Bible is very, very clear that no matter what you do, you do it as to the Lord and you serve the Lord Christ. And you will receive a reward from him. You say, well, I ain't doing that for no nine bucks an hour. Listen, listen. What man pays may be one thing, but God pays. He doesn't always pay on Friday, but he always pays. He always pays. So no matter where we work or what we're doing, we should be the best. Because we do it with all our heart. We do it with a right attitude because we're not looking just to man. We are looking to God because we serve the Lord. We serve the Lord. So, so in, in, being, in, in hosting the Holy Ghost, he's inside you. And, and he's not there for a ride. He's there to help. And we need to pray and say, give me wisdom, give me understanding, all right, so that I can do the thing that I do as to the Lord the best that it can possibly be done. And I believe that every Christian, wherever you work, you ought to be on the top tier of the employees because you do it is under the Lord. You've got the best attitude about what you do. And you do it to the best of your ability. And then the nice thing is the Holy Spirit shows up and he adds. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. All right. Third thing we want to talk about this morning Right? And when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the counselor, uh, we need to pray and we need to get counsel. I think it's really interesting. The Bible says that Solomon is the wisest person that ever lived. This guy is smart. This guy looks at a situation. He says, if I do this, this is going to be the end result. He sees the result of every action. But you know what? There is no one that talks more about getting counsel than Solomon. He is constantly talking about, before you do this, get advice. Before you do this, get counsel. Get counsel. Get counsel. Get counsel. Get counsel. And, and that's, that's wise. But there is someone whose name is the wonderful counselor. That's Jesus. He is the wonderful counselor, right? It says in Proverbs 15, without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But the wonderful counselor is the Holy Spirit. And he will come, when we ask him for wisdom, in fact, I think it's so interesting, the Bible says in James, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and will not withhold. So, so the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us he knows what's going to happen next year, next month, next week. 
And if we ask his counsel, he knows the result of anything that we do. Now, here's what I believe. I believe we don't do it because we don't think we need help. I just wanted to tell you, you need help. I need help. We need help, right? The reason, why don't we pray? The Bible, for example, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible says pray about everything. Why don't we do it? Because we don't believe it's going to make a difference. But if you'll pray, if you'll ask God for wisdom, you'll ask God to move in that, that situation, God is going to move. Number four is repent. You know, some people think repentance is a one-time deal. I came to Jesus and I repented. But words that continually have an attitude of repentance. It shouldn't be something that happens every six months when an evangelist comes. Uh, It should be something that we are constantly, constantly doing. 1 John 1, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he he convicts of sin. Now, the difference between conviction and condemnation is this. The devil condemns. The devil tells you you sin. God is mad at you. God is not going to hear your prayers. God's not going to bless you. God's not going to use you. I can't believe you're a Christian. You are such a terrible, terrible person. That's the devil. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts and says, you've sinned. God's waiting for you with open arms. Come to God. Right? The Bible tells us to confess our sin. Now, what that simply means, the the word confess means to agree with or to say the same thing as. And when we confess our, by the way, when you confess your sins, how many know that's not when God finds out about them? Right? But we're saying, we we come to God and we say the same thing or we agree. We say, God, I did this, it was wrong. You know, David said it this way after he had sinned with Bathsheba in Psalms 51. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast, strong spirit in me. What David understood was this, because people think this, well, I'll just sin and say, forgive me. And it's like I never did it. But it affects your heart. It affects your heart. So David said, created me a clean heart. You see, when you participate in sin, it, you, you, your heart like, gets contaminated. And you, you, literally, here's what happens. You, you don't see sin like God sees sin anymore. In fact, the more you participate in sin, the more you think it's all right. And so David said, God, you need to create in me a clean heart. I need to see sin for what it really is. But I don't know if you know this, but when you participate in sin... You, you get to where you like it. Nobody knows that. <clears throat> right? Listen, the, the, somebody said, well, sin is just bad. It's just bad. It's no fun. If you think it's no fun, you just didn't do it right. <laughs> the Bible says the passing pleasure of sin. Does it say Hebrews 11, the pleasure of sin, right? It's, it's pleasure to the flesh, right? And the, 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 the flesh can enjoy sin. 
But what happens is the heart becomes contaminated. And when it becomes contaminated, it no longer sees sin as being bad. And the, the, the more you participate in it, the more it affects your heart. So David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, so that I see sin as being evil. Because when we don't repent and go to God and ask to be cleansed, our perception of sin gets farther and farther from the truth. Right? And then notice what else David prayed. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew in me or give me a strong spirit or a steadfast spirit. What he's saying is saying, because I've sinned, compromise has come into my life. Right? And I have become passive when it comes to sin. Here's what happens. You, it, temptation comes, right? You fight that temptation, you give in, and you sin. That temptation comes again, you fight less. And then the next time you fight less, and you fight less, and you fight less. Until finally, it just becomes a habit in your life. And you have become passive. Second Timothy chapter 2 says you've been taken captive by Satan to do his will. Right? You're doing his will because your will is no longer effective, no longer active, right? How many of you know the Bible says to resist the devil? See, but what happens when you give yourself to sin, you lose the strength that is necessary to stand against sin and say no to the devil. So create in me a clean heart so I see sin for evil and renew in me or give me a strong, steadfast spirit. It is your spirit, the strength in your spirit, that enables you to resist the devil and say no to sin. Right? But when we repent and we say, God, created me a, a clean heart. But I agree, it was wrong. Lord, I want to see sin like you see sin. And God, give me strength, strengthen me that I can resist sin. Created me a clean heart, renewing me that steadfast spirit. Then the next time sin shows up, you're strong and you resist that sin. Now, I know some people get mad at God. They think, you know, this happened and it should have never happened. And, and people get mad at God. I think the classic example of this in the Bible is Job. Right? Job is mad at God. Let me give you a few things that, that Job said. He said, Job 35, verse 2, I am in the right, not God. Another translation says, I am more righteous than God. Job 34, 17. And to his sin, he adds rebellion. Scornfully, he claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. He adds rebellion. Job 34, 5. I am righteous, but God has taken away my justice. Job 33, 9. I am pure without transgression. I'm innocent. There's no iniquity in me. Yet he, God, finds occasion against me and counts me as his enemy. You know, Job ran away from God. And as he ran away from God, things got worse and worse and worse in his life. And finally, in Job chapter 42, he repents. He says, I repent in dust and ashes. He said, I had heard about you, but now I know the truth. And when he ran to God, the Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job. God turned his situation around. Sometimes we get mad at God because we think God is the problem. Listen, God is not your problem. 
never is, never was, never will be. God is the solution to your problem. And we need to run to God and not from God. In Acts chapter 27 and verse 10, Paul said, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end in disaster and much loss. Now, they, they were, hurricane season had started. And they had found a place, a bay, but it wasn't the best. And they were taking a vote, shall we stay or not? And Paul said, I perceive, I just know, if we leave, this is not going to turn out right. There's going to be a loss of the, of the ship. Things are going to happen. Now, he didn't say God told me. He just said, I perceive. Right? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Right? It's not natural. See, you, you, you can look at something in the natural and everything adds up. You go, man, this is great. But on the inside, there's something going, that ain't right. Don't do it. How many ever had that? How many of you disobeyed? How many of you turned out bad? You know, it just does. It just does. All right? But you have an anointing which you have received from him and it abides in you. You don't need anybody to teach you. That same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And it's true. It's not a lie. Just as it taught you, it teaches you abide in him. Every believer has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. And the Holy Spirit is there to bear witness. This is right. This is wrong. Don't go that way. Go this way. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit, it's part of being led by the Spirit. He bears witness with our spirit. If you're watching today, but you know in your heart that you're not right with God, and there is a hunger to be right, you want to be forgiven. Would you please bow your head and pray this prayer with me from your heart? Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. He's my Lord. He's my King. And I thank you that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your kingdom today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that from your heart, God heard your prayer, and you are forgiven right with God and on your way to heaven. But you've just taken the first step into the kingdom of God. And I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. And I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download a digital copy, or if you'll contact us, we'll see to it you get a hard copy. Again, full of bullet points to help you in your spiritual life. Thank you, and God bless you. If you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, congratulations. You have just made one of the best decisions of your life. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it is absolutely free. And when you check out walkingbyfaith.tv, you can also purchase a copy of today's message, The Counselor, in the WBF store. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives both on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv. If God is using this ministry to speak into your life, we would love to hear about it. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or you can send an email to yourstory at walkingbyfaith.tv. 
Now tune in next week when Pastor will be finishing up this series by explaining the gifts of the Holy Spirit.